what is going on? Another great Monday. We got some, I don't even know the right adjective to describe what me and Tiller have just done for the last 20 minutes. It's <laughs> extremely broken or just absolutely fucking brilliant. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's going to be like the rest of this show where we're going to figure it out as we go and hope for the best. That's um, all we can do. Right? So, speaking of hoping for the best, man, I showed you my enchiladas. They were awesome. And they went super good with the old brap sauce, dude, from Bro Taco Hot Sauce. BroTacoFoods.com. Use code PTTG for 20% off. Make sure that you hound Sean. Don't forget, August 1st is when Radberry drops. Let's see if uh, see if I can get mine before Tiller again for the, for the second drop. Sean, make it happen. I push the buttons. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, big thanks to Sunstar Sprockets and Chains, Sunstar-Breaking.com. Use code PTTG30 during checkout to get 30% off your order. We got powertotheground.com. That's power the number two theground.com. Stop over there. I think uh Lifetime Juggies Club limited limited edition, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh starting September eleventh, I think, is what I saw in the old emails. I don't read my emails very often unless it's like parts for my stuff shipping then i get all excited but it was 9 11 yeah that's uh hopefully i make the cut i do still have my uh i'm gonna have to wear it on this show maybe the next show it's like a long sleeve t-shirt from the original jug club it says how do you like my jugs and it's got two like water bottles sitting <laughs> where where my titties is <laughs> as it should oh yeah also, big thanks to NovaPro.media. That is NovaPro.media. There is no .com. They are so fancy. They don't need a .com because they're .media. NovaPro.media helping us out, letting me and Taylor push all the buttons, which I am not certain is a great idea still as of yet. I am surprised I can still hear and have not been electrocuted yet. So, <laughs> for the job. Yeah. That's uh, definitely, um, they have more faith in myself than I have in myself. Also, just to let you guys know what we have been working on, I got a little anxious and stopped kind of uh, waiting on Jesse. So we think we have the Discord call-in figured out. We've been testing it on phones as well as through the computer and all that we think we have it figured out you go ahead somebody that is on our discord or if you want to be on our discord you can find it at power the number two theground.com as well as our facebook page power to the ground podcast join it call in let's see what kind of shenanigans we can get going let's talk some moto let's talk some washugal with the old washugal whoops i don't think I think it was a, a split, a three-way split between guys blitzing them, jumping them, and kind of doing both. Blitzing the first half, jumping the second, or or jumping the first and blitzing 
the second. Yeah. It was uh it did not disappoint. That is uh there were times where it looked like a scene of scene straight out of Bambi with just guys just hopping, all of them just jumping <laughs> one right after the other, and then there were other times where you saw the combo and then Eli figured out a crazy way to kind of blitz through them at the end that we'll talk about. It was uh, and jump out of them, absolutely launch out of them. That was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, he looked like Mad Skills Motocross when those guys dropped the rear wheel going through the whoops and and. You're like, how did they do that? Like, and then you sit there and you try it for like an hour and you just give up and admit defeat. Like it was actually kind of funny today when Scare was uh giving you crap for on that your one line on uh the jam track where you're slamming the wall and just like launching over. That's what I was thinking. I was like, That's what Tomac did this weekend. He just launched oh, it. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Hey, pin it to win it, bud. Like that's all you can do. That's uh they make more fuel every day. You might as well burn it. You yeah, know? right. So that's uh other than that, what we got J Mart coming in too strong, dude. That is there's a number of bets I have made and would have made before I said that he was the first repeat overall winner in the two fifty class. Yeah, it's uh what we're I'm at a loss. seven rounds and we finally have a repeat winner. Yeah. I would have lost that too, man. I for sure would have said it would have been in the first three weeks to be honest with you well yeah but and then just the, even but after his accident though would you have guessed that jay mart was the first the first guy that was gonna get the repeat i would have guessed jay mart before somebody else i don't know if i would have said 100 percent, but he definitely would have been in the top two him and coop man i i think that's After his uh, accident, I thought Jmar was out on uh, on podiums for a couple weeks. He yeah, came back I mean, stronger than I expected. I'm not necessarily saying like after the first week or whatever, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have guessed it. But going into the season, like right out of Supercross, I'd have been like, Jmar, probably your first repeat winner. Stamp it. But it would have been in the first three or four weeks. Definitely oh, not yeah. this deep into the season, dude. Yeah, just after that accident in Thunder Valley, man, I was like, no, he's he's out. Then he's yeah. out, and then he comes back, and then he's the first two-time overall winner. I don't, I don't know what to do. Making do it look hands. easy, dude. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, technically, it would have been it would have been uh, Jacob this weekend, so it was right there. But just the fact that still, you know, Jmar was there to even take advantage of. Uh, an opportunity to get an overall is amazing. I I got nothing but respect for him. Jay Coop's uh, wild ride is nothing but sheer McAdoo luck. Oh, I've got that pulled up, and we can watch that later if we want to. Oh yeah, because uh, it's not it advertising should... related. I don't think we'll get. Yeah, up. I mean, if we do, uh, fuck YouTube, man. Like, we'll do it right a reason. Again. Yeah, there's a reason why everybody's leaving them anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> just saying. Sorry for our YouTube listeners, but it's uh the well, copyright stuff Instagram is too. Yeah, yeah. I we shouldn't get in trouble on Instagram, but <laughs> nice background, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah, we can see each other's computer screens, which gets weird sometimes but uh 
either way, the two fifties. I'm. It, do I think what surprises me the most about Cooper's wreck was not that he wasn't hurt. It's that the bike actually stayed in the track limits. The way he wrecked, I fully expected that bike to clear the safety barrier. Yeah, it didn't. It just that safety barrier was just enough to stop it. I don't know what it was about. Maybe if the handlebar caught it and it was like it was already slowing down, and you couldn't just tell. But if I would have been one of those people right there, I probably would have needed to change my pants for one reason or another. Oh yeah, especially because during moto, you don't entirely expect the. Uh, it's not like GNCC or off road or enduro or, or something like that where you are 99% likely or you're 99% certain that you will be like dodge duck dive dodge or whatever that dodgeball movie mm-hmm. thing is like vehicles. <laughs> like when you go to a, a professional moto track, you know that there's like a 50% chance as opposed to like off-road and enduro and stuff that's like 85 to 90% chance, you know? Mm. And it's, uh, but the lady that was recording the video got out of there, man. She was gone. Like we missed the whole last half of the wreck and I don't blame her. If I was there too, I'd have been like every man for himself. We're getting out of here. I am not catching a two fifty with my face. You don't (laughs) expect a guy on the straightaway all by himself to all of a sudden just, Oh, yeah. It looked like a hill climb, dude. Like, where she was standing, it really looked like it should have been one of the, uh, like, the Ryan Sipes hill climbs. Dude. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was, it was, it that's was a steep hill. Dude. And then, well, we had Sean out there hanging out under the billboard doing Sean things, dude. Did you see think- his Instagram stories where he, he put one of those, uh, he put one of his stickers on the backside of whatever billboard he was standing under? I was trying to watch, <laughs> I was trying to look for him when I was watching the races. Because I knew where he was, but every time, either when they came around there, I would either forgot about it or the few times I did, I couldn't make out the people that were standing there. But yeah, he was taking shots from underneath it, but with like the billboard he was standing, he had like cleverly placed one of his stickers right there on the backside of it. So it was like sticking out on, you could oh, see yeah. the top of his videos. Pretty clever. Yeah, uh, dude, he is pretty clever when it comes to the old marketing, man. That's the mm-hmm. old... uh what was it through the nineties and early two thousands, the old, uh, you remember like the street teams for the bands and, mm-hmm. and like different skater wear and stuff like that. Like sign up for the street team, you know, get a bunch of stickers and tag everything. Yeah. We, we need to bring that back. We should, we should. I was thinking about that just the other day. There was a, a documentary I watched about some guy that started a big portion of that with, I don't remember what it was, but something about some stickers related to like Andre, the giants picture or whatever. I didn't know what they were, but when I lived in Charleston, those things were on the back of every stop sign along line, along with bands and everything else. And I was thinking the next time I go, I'm just going to take my bros taco stickers and suck them on everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we need, need a little bit of Sean in their life. Need, yeah. <laughs> we need bro taco stickers power to the ground stickers and we need to bring back the old moto triple x stickers dude i mm-hmm. need to get a hold of jordan and be like dude hook me up with like a thousand stickers and let's see what we can stick them on i have a bunch on my table here i don't know if you guys have ever seen my table but it's well i you can see it somewhat but it's all sticker bombed i got i got years of stickers saved up that i finally had enough to cover this table that my brother <laughs> borrowed from buffalo wild wings because i needed a studio table yeah no no harm no i mean 
they, they don't want it back now. That's for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> so but, decorate the match. Oh yeah. What other notables happened in the two fifties? I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, the the first Pierce round in the top five overall. That's crazy. I wasn't expecting him to come back like he did. Um, he put in a, a good ride. He did some battling with RJ um, in the first moto. Uh, so the the first moto, just from the get-go, the whole shot was kind of exciting because, you know, this is one of the ones where ever since the whole the Blue Crew horsepowers, you know, the Starbucks have really been strong. This is one of those tracks where you're likely to see just a wave of Yamahas around the front. And that's yeah. how this first moto whole shot or start was. You see the three of them and then you see two red bikes, um, one on each side of them. And you couldn't tell what it was, but it was one Honda. And on the other side, it was um, Pierce Brown. But the Honda also, you weren't expecting to be Carson Mumford getting the whole shot in hole one. Yeah. And he went out crazy. there and he rode and he later said that he was totally, you know, reasonable, but he went out there and he was just riding and it ended up being that he just kind of, was so in the moment he forgot to do the whole breathing and everything and just ended up getting arm pump and fading back. But he was just so excited about the fact that he led a couple of laps. He's like, I'll see, that's a win. I'll take that. You know, even if yeah. he did end up fading back to 10th or whatever it was, he ended up finishing in that moto. Um, 11, 11 for 11th overall. Yeah. I mean, he got a whole shot and led some laps. That's killer for that, that kid on that team. Um, oh yeah. That's and amazing. I don't know of anybody that hasn't done that before. Like, I've done that where I've ripped a start, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm up front, I'm up front, and I'm holding on tight, and I'm like, ah, oh, I got to keep up. And then all of a mm -hmm. sudden, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like, too much, especially with the way these guys are riding motos now where it's a 30-minute sprint, dude. It's not like where it used to be where you would see them, like, come out, maybe do one or two hot laps and then kind of chill until they get. 10 minutes left or something like that or the halfway mm -hmm. card and then start pushing again these guys are going out start to finish just pushing as hard as they can so yeah it was pretty good but brown did good he was he was up there at the front um with rj and moseman and uh j mart battling up there around the front in the first moto um actually another thing in the first moto, the whole shot or at the beginning at the start, um, it was a huge pileup in the back, but it was just, of course, the two pro circuit guys, Fortner and Shimoda, came together. Um, Shimoda pulled off, got his bike fixed up. I mean, it was a pretty wild one, but he pulled off, got his bike fixed up, and came back and finished the whole moto and did did pretty good. Um, and then Jet didn't have a great start in the first one. I can't remember where he ended up. I think he was ended up getting seventh. Oh, yeah, yeah, seventh, seventh, and then Hunter was fifth. Um, so they both kind of came up, but Jet, you know, story of the past few races for him came up bad start, and you know can only make it so far in that time. And I think this is a, a theme of this whole this racetrack is that it's a it's not the widest one, but some of it's fairly one line, you know, with those tight hairpin ones or some of the, you know, 180s and then a 90, some of those tighter corners on the track, there's just not two ways to pass them. Because even though the track prep and the way it was, it wasn't super ruddy. It's just those corners in the specific way they are, It you pretty much end up getting just two very specific ruts and you kind of got to work with it. 
there and those aren't the passing opportunities. So it just made it a lot harder for a guy, you know, even with his speed to make it through the pack. And um, that was just kind of the story of his weekend where with what happened to Cooper in the second moto, he still came out two points over Jet on the weekend, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. how about how about old Dylan Schwartz, dude? Putting oh, he had a Suzuki great start in the, in the second 10. moto. That was exciting because you could see it that in that in one of the four fifties too. You could see it off the start, um, some yellow up front, and it was really kind of exciting. Yeah, Schwartz Schwartz killed it. Um, he got a really great start in that second moto and just took advantage of it, rode it out. Oh yeah, yeah. So if that doesn't prove to people that on this track, the old Suzuki's laying down some decent stuff going on and that people just don't want to kick bikes anymore. Yeah. Um, well, we talk about Max. Uh, there's actually a funny thing I heard on some of the interviews from Max and part of why he did got such a great start and get going. Um, but the second moto, it did start in the second moto was a little bit better, but he, I think so. I can't remember. I meant to go back and watch it. He ended up fading back. I think I can't remember if he went down or why he ended up fading back a few spots at the beginning of the first moto, but right off the beginning, he was right up front with um, Jeremy Cooper and J Mart. But then he um, kind of something happened and he got swapped or passed by RJ Fortner and Brown. And then Fortner went down and he fell back too. Um, RJ was great this weekend. And for a track like this, as hard packed as it was, um, and as crazy as he's been riding, this was actually surprising. This is the first one where he's not, pushed it too hard and gone down. But I don't know if that maybe that's just because the nature of the corners, you know, a few, um, not as many off camber ones, maybe, or just something about the nature of the corners themselves make it, it's not as easy to kind of push so hard into it. Like the uh, tracks recently where he's lost well, this it so is, much. This is also one of the first weeks where he hasn't led at least one lap in one of the motos either. Mm -hmm. that, I, yeah. that I can remember. So maybe there was some subconscious there where it's a different kind of pushing or something. Um, for yeah. Him. But yeah, he did pretty good not going down. I mean, he still put in a, a pretty solid, a pretty solid ride there uh, for the weekend. Um, and then, you know, look, Jeremy Martin's riding amazing. He ends up getting an overall because Jeremy Cooper goes down at the end of the second moto. Um leaves with points up on jet because jet just didn't have that great of a weekend either uh, yeah the, the first 250 moto wasn't super exciting to watch um you know after they they got settled in it was kind of the way it was uh, the second one was a, a lot more exciting to watch with everything that was going on and then right there at the end um you know even if you know the results i think the second 250 moto was worth a watch by itself um and I, I knew something happened to Jeremy Cooper when I sat down to watch it because I didn't get to watch him live. But then Justin. finally when it or yeah, oh my god, does see Jeremy Cooper? Justin Yeah, Cooper. that's the second Thank time you. in a row, man. Like too many chances. Too many chances. So yeah. <laughs> so the I knew something happened to Jacob, but then when I finally get to watch it, I'm sitting there the whole time you're just going through, going through. It's like nothing's happening to him. They like, never showed it on the broadcast, up. yeah. Well they it, they did. It just well, they didn't show what happened, but even then, we're going, and all of a sudden, you're past the the two minute, two laps to go card, 
and you see it. You see J-Mark come around a corner, and then you don't see uh, Jeremy come around a cor- or, or Justin come around a corner. And then you know they they showed it later, but I was sitting there waiting the whole time for something to happen, and all of a sudden it just happened unexpectedly right there at the last minute, and uh, oh, which yeah. is part of what made it interesting. Um, yeah. So it was pretty good. Sailed. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, Hunter put in an okay performance. Um, I actually one of my one of my off bets this weekend. I think I'm going to keep up. It was kind of a neat way to do it. We picked one four fifty guy, one two fifty guy, and it was whoever's combo of those two came out of the weekend with the most points. And I had Ferrandis and Hunter. And when I started watching, I was like, "Oh crap, this isn't going to go well." Hunter's not uh, not doing too hot for me. Um, but he ended up putting a pretty, you know, solid, consistent ride in. Um, wasn't too bad, I guess, but I don't know. It wasn't not the greatest. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. We got yeah. Austin Forkner broke the top ten for what it's worth. Um, he's starting to and put himself back together. First moto. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. What I'm surprised, though, is are the gas gases really like so there's no difference. I mean, there are differences, but there's no like real big difference between the Husqvarna and the gas gas mm-hmm. and the KTM, right? So why is it the KTM doesn't have as big of a following like if it wasn't for prebula and varese ktm would only have one 250 in the top 20 yeah i don't know i think like we were talking about before i think part of that is like you know maybe some privateer support or contingency money that makes it not as likely for those privateer guys and then the rest of it is the fact that the way the program, the factory programs have worked out recently, right now, you know, Husqvarna's just had a solid um, 250 team that they've been building, or you know, the whole group they've put a pretty solid 250 team in the Husqvarna group, right? Gas Gas is the brand new one, which was the KTM team, so they've got a little bit there, and now Max Voland is just kind of he's kind of a lone man out on the factory KTM spot with the way that they've done the transfer. So I think in the top 20, the KTM group representation has just become a, the, the shifts they've been making over the past year or two. It's just kind of the way the cards have landed. Yeah, it could be. That's uh, I just didn't know if it was that outmatched or, or what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, if it they, weren't for the fact that, you know, if I think for all things considered, we could we could say when you look at the Husqvarna gas gas and KTM representation there, we might as well considering them, I don't know, call it like a, give them each a 0.9, you know, instead of a, a one and then add them all up together. Um, and outside of Yamaha's, I'd have to look and see. I don't know if Yamaha's might be the only other one to go, but. Yamaha's so far and above clearly the best 250 right now. Well, that's KTM's due for a generation year. And Mm -hmm. I think there's already been leaks of the 2023 KTM. 
and they definitely have made some changes to at least get more air into the motor and across the motor. So maybe they are trying to step up the horsepower game because everyone that messes around with internal combustion motors knows when you make more power, you're going to make more heat, you know? So I don't know. I would like to see them maybe make a high horsepower 250, Mm -hmm. but I I don't know if they're capable of still touching Yamaha because Yamaha is due for a generation year as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen, you know, especially once they all get to that thing. And I, who knows how long it'll take before and if sometime between now and, you know, if and when electrics ever really take over is the main uh, racing thing, which is the main racing one is a little different than the consumer one. But I, it'll be interesting to see if, between now and then, if we end up getting full electronics packages allowed on the bikes before there's ever really a switch to an aim for electronics, if they're just like, no, we know we're going to electric, you know, sooner than later, we're just not even going to bother with trying to implement, uh, you know, a standard traction control type thing to where it's like, oh, no, we know we can build more horsepower, you know, out of these bikes, but then we got to worry about, uh, tractability and usability and everything like that. But if they're allowed to get trash control on it, it's, then it's at that point, it's like, oh no, we're just going to make some gnarly ass horsepower bikes and throw some trash control on it and call it a day. Yeah. Um, but then it's like Formula One, man. Like, why not mm-hmm. just let a computer drive it? Let's just have remote controlled cars. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, it would be, if they did it, I imagine for this, it would be a, a standard where it's, they'd get a standard kind of like they do in some road racing. They kind of have a standard electronics package that's limited in how much it can do. So then they got to work backwards from that instead of just a pure twist the throttle. And then too, there's the difference between like, well, we just want trash control versus, well, we got it to where they can change the trash control map between like this corner and that corner and everything else depending. So it's like, all you got to do is, well, I know I'm going into this corner. I press that button and twist and I go into this corner and I press that button and twist. I don't think they'll ever get to that. Just the difference between, you know, who's better at tuning, pushing a trash control um, so that the riders can maybe just still sadly just twist the throttle and rely on a trash control for the most part. Um, so, it changed the game, but then at that point with the 250s, then they'd all at least be, uh, I don't know. You still probably don't want those bikes to go too fast. I think that's the whole point of the 250s to an extent. I thought it was just because they were lighter and easier to handle than the 450s, and you had to be kind of special to want to race a 450. But <laughs> I don't know. Big boys like Brandon Hartray have still got to have something to ride. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not a small guy. Neither are you. You're tall as shit and like you would look goofy on a on a 250 like i'd i'd look look goofy on a 450 i could see that you look goofy on the p-dub too oh yeah real goofy (laughs) 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 i don't know yeah it's uh it will definitely that's i just wasn't sure because i know yamaha has that um they they accentuated it with their tenere 700 Mm -hmm. right where they messed with the counter shaft angle. Um, they lifted it up 
it, it's up quite a lot, like quite higher than it is on normal bikes. So that when you do hit the gas, instead of the rear wanting to squat real bad, it mm -hmm. pushes that swing arm down. And I wasn't sure if that was, it's almost is like traction control. I mean, you hear everybody that's ever ridden one of those or reviewed one of them. Like they all say like this thing sticks a hundred percent to the ground. And with Yamaha pushing as much power as they are through their 250 already and presumably even their 450 if these guys are like nah put the stock stuff back on like i don't need the the ported and float head i don't need the plus one valves you know like stuff like that like let's just just calm down <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um how long until we start seeing stuff like that as well because there's really not that huge of a difference in the swing arm length of the tenere compared to like the 250 or the 450 mm -hmm. you know and it's it, it should be pretty interesting to see as the horsepower goes up where these guys start looking to find traction and the adventure market is a pretty good place to try it. Cause you're running 600s to what's your GS, like a 1200, mm -hmm. you know, and you're trying to take that down gravel roads, dirt roads, all that kind of stuff. So it, I, I don't, maybe we'll start seeing some, some of the manufacturers kind of playing around with that, type of technology where it's very old school rudimentary technology, but it hasn't ever really been done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where instead of going to a full electronics package, let's let our engineers figure some shit out, you know, instead of our IT department. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. It will be interesting because I don't see them not chasing the horsepower game. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I think the interesting thing about, um, and kind of why I would like to see it not be so, or I don't know, add another class that is um, similar to MXGP and, you know, works-ish style. So they can actually really test that stuff. Like, yeah, this is nice, you know, for the production thing because then they're they're testing what they're making and they're making, th you know, KTM's doing things like the, the limited edition factory bikes so they can, you know, keep stuff out. And that's kind of fun for the consumer too, but not having something to where they can really gamble yeah. some crazy shit. They're like, they're probably going to be less likely to test, you know, yeah, they can make their prototypes at home, but if they're not having a class where they can really go out and test it as well, like, I mean, yeah, I know they do it. Open in class. Yeah. Like they, I know that's what they're doing in MXGP. You know, they're testing crazy frames and stuff like that. I don't know. Why not do it here too? I don't know. You know, it's different. We ride different and everything. I don't, it'd just be cool to have an extra, an extra class um, for that 250 or 450 or a little bit of both or something. I don't know. But I mean, there's a whole lot of. Just leave it open. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a whole lot of rally. There, but... dude. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know day. if you guys follow rally, but group B rally lasted what, like four years before enough people died where they were like, nah, this was a bad idea. Yeah. I don't see that happening in moto though. Yeah. I mean, you would get guys that show up on like CR 500s, which would be awesome. You know, there's mm -hmm. guys that are taking CR 500 motors and putting them in CRF 450 frames with all the new fancy technology in the frame and, and suspension and brakes and everything. And then just letting that thing eat, dude, like, and throwing supermoto wheels and suspension on it too. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure their neighbors love them warming up the old 500. 
like yeah. in the morning getting ready to go to work just yeah, she could take the cr 500 supermoto to work real fast hope i get there on time yeah yeah but it's like stuff like that is is what you could really see you know and i think it would be awesome to do stuff like that like i would love for him to do something like that and like gncc or works racing also where you're just mm -hmm. like like the only rule is don't die or injure somebody else on the track you know mm -hmm. like that's I, I can't hate on it you know because that's that's where the innovation comes from is from guys wanting to be faster better turn better or jump higher or it once you take that style competition out of a sport it dies mm -hmm. you know like that that style thing i mean they did it with like nascar you know it used to be do whatever you have to do and we saw great advancements through the age of cars and now it's kind of like normal passenger cars and now it's not like that anymore everyone runs the same thing yeah. you know there's not much about nascar that's anywhere you know you do not see the camaro technology from nascar and the camaro in your car and if you do it's tiny stuff in the engine on this very high performance ones and even then that's uh not much for everybody else yeah yeah and but, that's yeah. i don't know bring it back davy coons if back. you ever get bored and accidentally click on our link this is what uh, we want we are uh, the so people today i think some of us some of you guys listening may have this and i think i saw it in my email i saw somebody in uh one of the discords i was in was shared they got a survey from feld um, so I imagine oh. you probably got one in your inbox and I've got one, but some of the questions they were sharing, I haven't looked at it yet. were pretty, they weren't quite loaded questions. But my comment, my comment was that I think mine came from MX pro sports is what the, uh, came, if it's the same one, or I got another survey from MX pro sports at the same time, this guy got one from Feld. Um, and some of the questions were really loaded or seemed really directed. My comment was like, that's almost like they're fishing for a very specific answer or a very specific, like skewed set of data to help their argument. They already have. Um, and so one of the questions was, uh, let me see. Yeah. I, I didn't get one. One of the questions. Oh, I got a MX sports one. Yeah, so it's probably the same one. So, like, this one question said, how do you view Monster Energy Supercross and Lo Lucas Oil Pro Motocross? The two only the only two answers available were, they are two variations slash seasons of the same sport. The other answer was, they are different sports entirely. Like, that's not... No. Like, you don't... Those aren't the only two answers to that question. And, and then there was another one that said, uh, would you like to oh, see wait. an overall champion or collaborative series between motocross and supercross? Bring Doug black, says, blue, and gold. Yeah, Doug says, yeah. yeah. So, Bring it back. Um, so I actually have it, was, it. It's right there. It's from MX Sports, but it's for Monster Energy Supercross. Oh, okay. Dude. So never mind. Yeah, that was the same one. Yeah, so then I've got the same one in Manbox. I haven't looked at it yet. Um, yeah, so like, some of those questions were kind of pointed towards making it sound like you know they're they're looking for research for that but 
what was interesting was the fact that they're wording those questions so specifically that it's kind of leaning towards getting anybody that answers that question to kind of give them a certain set of data that's going to say like, oh, yeah, look, no, everybody clearly says yes. Yeah. You know. I guess I would be an avid fan. Let's fill this thing out right now. So the first one says, which of the following best describes your level of interest in Monster Energy? It's like, I occasionally watch it. I'm an avid fan. Supercross is fun. I like going with my friends and family, but I don't watch it on TV. I like motocross gear and products, but I'm not interested in attending the event or watching it on TV. <coughs> See me Valley. Um, Monster Energy Supercross is not for me. So I guess I would probably be the avid fan. Um, please check Supercross ones that you have attended. Uh, a lot of them. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. That's stupid. Um, I mean, I can see that question being useful for qualifying what kind of... Uh, yeah, like what kind of fan I actually am. Yeah. I don't know. Like... Call me on the phone. I'll tell you exactly what kind of fan I am. With whom do you attend the Monster Energy Supercross? Wife, friend, friend, boys. Yeah. What up, Jesse? We're answering the Monster Energy Supercross fan survey. It is not as fun as what I thought. They won't let me write my own answers in, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean there's sometimes when that's reasonable when you're going to get a ton of them and you know and you need to make sure it's data because then also, well, if you send it from MX Sports and then I open it up and it's actually from Feld, a that's kind of fucked up mm -hmm. because I like Moto way more than I do Supercross. I'm still an avid fan for Supercross because I'm an avid fan of dirt bikes in general. However, comma. If they were holding two races on the same day, I would be watching Moto over Supercross. Yeah. Dude, but going back to the thing, like fishing for answers, I 110% believe that they should bring back the blue and gold number plate from like back in, what was it, like the mid-80s or something like that when it was Wrangler and then Camel, the Camel mm -hmm. Supercross series or whatever. <clears throat> I, they need to bring that back, man. And it's not like I feel like there's a lot more interest just from talking to people uh, throughout my workday, and even them saying it. Like, bring it back. What? Why can't we figure out? I mean, it's easy for us to figure it out. You just take all the points from the end of Supercross and start adding them with the beginning of Moto, and to figure out who the actual top five or top 10 riders are in the nation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's not that complicated, but for whatever reason, they make it so complicated that it's ridiculous. See ties with me. He's all about the CR 500 and the 450 frame. And he's all moto. Like, did we just become best friends? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. like, hell yeah. Um, let's see, I've got the, I've got the, um, do you want to share my screen? I got the survey up here. Yeah. I'm answering it, dude. My bad. Yeah. No, you're fine. The, 
I got so the, all excited. Let's see. It's your favorite rider could win the championship. Would you prefer it to be um, me personally? Both equally. The champion's a champion in one of them. If they can get both, that's a whole other level. Let's see. Would you like to see an over, overall champion or collaborative? Fuck yes is not an answer. Okay. Um, have you attended? Yes. I feel like this is kind of skewed, like, for us, though, because, like, A, I work in the industry, and you're a huge fan as well, so it's like, what, like, what is the average fan? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, some of, the, some of these are, you know, these these are qualifying ones, so they can do that when they get into it and start looking at it. Um but wait, are, really, are those really the only actual questions they ask about? No, they're, I'm at 16 now. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only, not even half the questions were ones actually ones about the seasons or series, really. And then there's just a bunch of um, qualifying questions. Oh, my goodness. A lot of it is, uh, what do you call it? Eh, I'll be retired today. Um a lot of it is like demographic questions. That's what I'm saying. So they can qualify the, the person that's answering the question so they can sort it and say like, oh. well, what do all the single males in 25 to 34 want? Yeah. And then what do all the, the old married guys, what do they want to see? And, you know, so, so they can sort it like that. But that's what I'm saying is just, I thought there would be way more questions about, and this is even more loaded. It, it was clear all their questions, the few questions about the actual survey were, yeah. do you want to see them combined or not? And that's a uh, question 20 is definitely a uh, that's a loaded question. Like, why oh. do you need to know if I'm employed by the motorcycle community? Dude? You know what I mean? Oh, I gotta, I'm not going to share my income on the screen. You just don't need to know how broke I am. <laughs> just broke enough. <laughs> right? Yep. Where do I live? I still think I live in the mid Atlantic, but whatever. Southeast. I guess Mid-Atlantic really does make sense if you consider all of North America. I still think it's done. Dirt bike. Uh, ride banana on. Ride. Okay, so there's, what, 22 questions. And it is. That, that was kind yeah, of... Yeah, that was... Just go, go take the survey. Tell them you want to see... Combined scores. Combined scores. And do it. Let's 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 call it a day. Because like yeah. Jesse shared that graphic in Discord that showed if we were going by that right now, obviously it might be a hair different if we gave them both the same point structures. Because right now they're not on the yeah. same as far as points per win. It's close, but it's not the same. Ken Roxon would be the overall champion if things ended today. Yeah, but also then that changes the game though, because then that gets rid of the whole. Like, yeah, One you, may, you, you may want to be a Supercross champion, you know, a sub-champion. That's cool. But depending on how your contract's written, it may be worth it to say, like, fuck the, you know, fuck the Supercross grind to be the Supercross champion. Because whatever, Kenny didn't go do what Cooper did, obviously, that left Cooper hanging. And now, you know, well, Kenny's results this weekend we'll get into, but I'm saying <laughs> he's sick. But, I mean, still, he's got the better chance of being the overall champion because he's just 
Right. And he's like, I know I can do 90 the whole time instead of doing 110%. And then now I got to, you know, come, come back up. Yeah, but so if you do combine them, you can automatically take out a lot of guys like Chisholm, Mookie. Um, Jerry Robbins actually been making a pretty decent push in outdoors this year. Um, Surprisingly. Yeah. Like you can automatically take the like typical se- single season guys just out of the question and how does that i mean i will be the first one to tell you i bitch about the guys that want to sign a factory contract and only race a half a season because i don't think i don't think that gets rid of that i think it just changes the way you look at it because it's still like those guys aren't winning championships anyways yeah they're out there they're like they're gonna go like hey i just want to ride one half of it because i know i can't win especially if it's combined, that really reduces the pool. That really clearly separates the pool of guys that could potentially do it, right? So, like, Mookie's like, hey, I just want to ride the Supercross part of it because it's fun. I want to. I like Supercross fans. I like the Supercross part of it, but I want to do outdoors. Okay, cool, yeah. fine. I don't think it changes anything. Because, like, I mean, Chiz, yeah, he not. doesn't. It's like, I don't want to ride outdoors. Well, he's not going to win outdoors anyways. No. So, like, okay, fine. You don't want to race this part of it. Like, don't do it. I don't think it changes that. So much. I think it'll if we do do it. I think it will change the factory. Yeah, I I think that if they do implement this, it will change the factory contracts from the ground up, and you won't have the teams like Freezy's team. What Mm -hmm. I can't Bullfrog Spas or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they are now even less relevant than what they were before. And I think if they bring back a Grand National Champion... Are they, though? Yeah. Because I don't... They weren't winning championships. Yeah, but now they're still just a half-season team. I'm a Browns fan, man. I know all about half-season teams. They made made money, hopefully... They made money when they were operating. (laughs) They did something happen. The riders made money when they were operating not winning championships, even in a clearly defined Supercross yeah. season. If we say that not, like, Supercross is now a sub-season of a whole championship. Yeah, but I'm looking changes. at it from like a manufacturer's point of view. The guy mm-hmm. stroking the checks, not the fan. I'm not going to stroke you a check if you're only going to do half of it and your guy rides backwards on the track anyway. You know what I mean? I I mean I get your point, but I don't I just don't see it the same way. I would look at it as the same thing, like because they they did never had a chance of winning. Whoever was writing the check for them for the Supercross season knew they weren't going to win at Supercross season, but they were still yeah, writing them a check anyways. It's still marketing. Yeah, they could still market the same way. Yeah, it's just now they're only marketing for half of the twenty one season. I know personally, my contracts are for the whole twenty one season. Hmm. You know what I mean? I don't write half-year contracts. And if they come out with this, that just means that we're doing them all now, boys. <laughs> yeah. Better, uh, I mean, it'll probably change the way some places do some deals, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, if I were Honda and doing it, like, I'd, I'd view it the same way. I would change how I paid championship bonuses and, yeah. and those related payouts, and that's all I would change. I wouldn't do anything different. But I think Vince Feezy or Freeze, for example, him, most of his pay is probably bonuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? If he gets super fast yeah. bonuses and the marketing stays the same between the series, 
if more people end up watching, you know, are watching Supercross. Well, more people do on TV, hundred yeah. percent. You don't have to yeah, sit no. in front of your TV for four hours. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change it anyway. It'd be, it'd be. I'm sure something is going to change, yeah. but I just don't see it for those other teams. If people are going to pay them money for whatever marketing they're doing, as long as they're marketing opportunities, all like Supercross pit parties and the pits at the motocross races, I'd do the same thing. If anything, I think it may dial back Supercross a little bit because ideally, I'm sure part of their goal is to raise attendance and viewership of outdoors too, right? So yeah. maybe they'll be like, okay, well, no, we need to give more support to have a few more factory supported teams at outdoors yeah. instead of supercross where it's a bunch of those, you know, and then split them up a little bit more. Maybe we'll find a, a balance there. I think that would be kind of cool instead maybe of it we'll being just better... factory guys and just privateers. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a better TV deal out of it too. Instead of both of them stroking their own deal, use them both together. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Um, <laughs> Carter. <laughs> Freeze is the only toy dirt bike you can find left over at Target. The good guys are all sold out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. My kids cool. have like five of them and they're all freeze. I took all the good ones and I put them in the closet for later. <laughs> like you can go break freeze, dude. Have fun. I hope if they do this, they also have more money to make better fucking toy dirt bikes. Those things were pathetic. Like the if you want to make ones? Our, well, it's like the full, like the Bell Ray ones or whatever, those are sick. But those little yeah. ones, I think that he's talking about at Target, the ones they just came out yeah, with his, the last sp- year, the little SX ones were like, they don't even look they like have, dirt, dirt bikes. Oh, God. The little ones don't. I have the 124 scale ones. Oh, the yeah. Ones that came out last year, and those yeah. actually look pretty good. Oh, yeah. The Bellary ones are sick. Those are those are good. Yeah. But those little tiny like Target like SX ones that they were advertising a lot just looked like total trash. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're kind of weird looking, man. But oh, yeah, they did. My kids well, love them, dude. It's oh, your kids, kids, yeah. Because your kids, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, love, they love them now until you know. Then they got to start looking at it and be like, "Dad, the, the motor doesn't look right on this." And these it looks like Robbie look Renner kinda... racing Minios, dude. It's all battery. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but oh. let's jump four fifties real quick before we oh. get too oh, well, far into this, dude. Uh, for let's finish off with two fifties um, overall. One, two, three, four, five. We had Jeremy Martin, RJ Hampshire in second, Justin Cooper with third, Jet Lawrence finished fourth overall, Pierce Brown finished fifth. Let's give a hand to, um, where is she at? Oh my God, where'd it go? Jordan Jarvis got a 34th overall. She qualified to be on the gate in both motos this weekend. Which is pretty sick. Say what you want about it being a smaller field because they're out in the middle of fucking nowhere in the corner of the country. But she showed up with her team, qualified, got in both motos, not as an alternate, and finished 34th overall. That's a huge confidence booster. That's awesome for her to be able to go out and do that. I don't think... if, If anybody actually did say, hey... She only made it because it's so small because it's in the Pacific Northwest. I'm probably going to say that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So the Pacific Northwest does have a lot of riders up there. Oh, there's a lot of locals that showed up. I'm just saying as far as like the travel, the circuit guys, you know, they show up to every race. There's a few of them that showed up. But either way, it doesn't matter. She showed up. She qualified. She went there. 
36, they didn't. you have in 36, you have Devin Harriman, who was on the show not too long ago. He's riding with it like he just he hasn't even been cleared to actually ride yet. <laughs> and he's out there pulling a pro moto. I think I looked at his results, and that's better than he's done there in the past, too, because I looked at his results beforehand. I almost picked him in fantasy. Um, oh, yeah. Because I was like, he's got he's got the you know power to the ground behind him now. Yeah. yeah, and all the time advantage. I was like, maybe he'll maybe he'll do it. And then I looked at his results this last time he was there, and I was like, mm, maybe not quite ready yet for fantasy. Yeah. Well, that's um, – I, I mean, he's – also coming off an injury man that that's yeah and this is his first outdoors pro outdoors of the year because of his injury you know so it's i don't know him indoors though like when i was talking to him in indiana he was bad he didn't get top 10 dude if i were him no he did get top 10 he's like i want top five or something like that and i'm like bro you're doing way better than like a lot of the privateers are you know (laughs) like i i like the hunger though if I were him, I'd take that and I'd go to a bar and be like, a few weeks ago, Jaleek Swole won an overall. And I beat race. him. This weekend, I beat him. <laughs> right. And I'd have a, a heyday with it. Oh, Nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows why I'd be like, look, look at this weekend. He won an overall. This weekend, I beat him. Buy oh, me yeah. drinks. Oh, yeah. I'd have a good time with it. Anyways, yeah, oh, yeah. so 250s, 250s were great. Um, and so now our top three in the championship, Justin Cooper with 281, Jet Lawrence sitting in second with 273, Hunter 237, the little mystery man, Jeremy Martin, is in fourth with 220. Does Jeremy Martin make it into the top two? I'm not going to say when. I don't know if he can be consistent enough to actually win the championship. Does that mean you're pretty confident he's going to get in the top three? Yes. Okay. Who else does he have in front of him that can actually challenge him? That can actually challenge him? Justin (laughs) Cooper. (laughs) Like, you didn't even let me finish, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Straight up, like, Straight up, though, Jeremy Martin is a better rider than both Lawrence brothers. He has way more experience on that bike in general and the track. Yeah, Yeah, he's got uh, 10 years more experience on it. Yeah, and with the tracks and everything else. like Mm -hmm. It's nothing. It'll come with the Lawrence brothers in due time, and they're doing excellent. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but in a heads-up race for the championship, I see... Martin getting it over on both of them every yeah. weekend. My only hesitation and surprise with Martin at this point is like, well, I'll go back to is the fact that he was injured and went out of the series for a couple races after that injury at Thunder Valley. Yeah. And if it weren't for that, I'd be like, oh yeah, clearly he's, he's probably going to be Justin Cooper in the championship. Hey, the fact Jesse, that he's doing what he's doing now is a whole nother thing. Jesse wants to call in, dude. Let's, let's try this thing. Let's try it out. So, oh, can you hear me, Jesse? I see him talking, but I don't hear him. You got to mute your side, Jesse. The uh, show, mute the show. Hey, can you guys hear me? 
I can hear you. I can, can hear. Spell, can one of our commenters let us know if this is actually working? I know. Dude, it, it sounds crazy. Like, I'm not used to it. <laughs> Wait, are you sharing him in Restream? Because I muted myself in Discord and I don't hear him now. No, I don't think Ty can hear him. Yeah, it, there definitely is. Uh, they said that they cannot... Oh, I have to actually turn it on. There we go. Oh. Let's, yeah. Hey, guys, I'm super smart. So... Yeah. Hey, it's learning. This is a this is a, a whole new thing. It's a whole new world. Right. So we got to figure this all out. <laughs> what about now? Can is it it looks like I'm picking up audio through my stuff. I can't tell. Well, oh, now they can hear you. Sweet. Yeah. So, test. Good test. Good yeah. test. So while we have you on the line real quick, what do you think about combined seasons and that survey, dude? I uh I think the survey looks like nonsense. Um just I'm I think it follows suit with organizational uh disorganization. Uh, I think that's par for the course for them. Um they probably could have made it a lot shorter and easier to get people to actually fill it out. Um I think it's a great idea combining the two series. Um, I do agree with you, though, Doug. I think that before they do that, they're going to have to tackle like how this is contractually is going to work out for the teams and the riders. Because um, what you don't want is to just alienate all of the smaller teams. Yeah. Because um, I... I, th I I think that would just be terrible for the sport because. Oh, I mean, I it's made up by the guys that are showing up in a Ford Ranger to the pro nationals and working out of the back of that vehicle. hundred percent. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's uh, I, I, I do agree with that. The, the factory stuff, I don't know, maybe we'll see better contingency through or, more consistent contingency through both supercross and motocross. Um, and it might also breed new classes, I guess, you know, that could be fun. Yeah. I know. I know a lot of, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people recently who are eagerly awaiting some three fifty classes. Yeah. The, 350 wouldn't be bad. I mean, that is kind of a, I don't know, dare I say it, like old man bike, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I think we already have, uh, you can't even call the 250s an entry level anymore. You know, you have the mild and the wild, basically, and the 350 right. would land somewhere in there. Um, that's almost like a ghost pepper to a hot, like a jalapeno, you know, <laughs> and you're looking at somewhere like some weird red, red chili in the middle, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that it would be cool to either see a true entry level class where we bring back like the one twenty fives or the two fifty two strokes or 
we just go crazy with it and just run an open class. You know, run what you brung, make sure it passes tech and your shit's not spilling fuel everywhere and have fun. You know. Tiller's still got himself muted. I can see him talking. I can hear you through Discord. Oh, can you? <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> uh, let me unmute him on here real quick. Oh, you had me muted. You goof. Yeah. Um, unmute yourself. Oh. Unmute yourself and restream, man. Yeah, because then it'll go. Oh, it goes all goofy, ways. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can't go both um, ways. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you did something like what you're talking about for other innovations, do a production motor class. Can't touch the motor. Everything else. How can we make our bikes go faster with like normal stuff that everybody can buy off the shelf? I would love that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and you know, I think that'd be just a fun way to get technology going for everybody. Yeah, that would. I mean, that would be fun, but that just is another class that Yamaha would probably dominate in. I mean, there's some of that, but then that also really puts the other brands like we were talking about with KTM or something. Be like, well, if, you know, everybody's got, or if Yamaha's clearly got the better engine figured out right now, huh? Yeah, you guys need to figure it out. What if you made the, the, the classes horsepower bracketed rather than uh, displacement? Possibly. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. You'd have to dyno every tricky. bike, though. You'd have to dyno. Yeah, that would, be, that would be hectic registration for sure. If they do that, let's go buy a mobile dyno and just follow the circuit. And we will charge everybody uh, yeah. 200 bucks. Put your bike on the dyno. <laughs> I'm not going to tune it. Parking lot, just chugging beers and doing dinos. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tune it, but I will give you this sticker that says that you are certified for this particular, <laughs> you know, I, I'm 100% I down. Tricky, though, with, um, you know, like, oh, well, I'm going to detune it for low horsepower, but I got a torquey ass motor. Yeah. There's blow everybody else out of the water. Yeah, it could be interesting, but yeah, something like that to where there's a, a cap of some sort that makes yeah. it a little bit easier, and then you could get other innovations. The production rule isn't bad. I mean, we're already seeing with the homologation rules that we already have in Pro Moto and Supercross, especially with the 250s, where they're not even allowed to run suspension that you can't go to your dealer and buy. Mm -hmm. You know, why not do like a straight production class? You know, change your gear ratios, slap some stickers on it, and have fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, take the emission stuff off, obviously, so that you don't have like really bad, um, like overheating issues. Cause I don't think, I, I honestly don't think a lot of the bikes with the emission stuff will last a full 30 minute moto. Um, and then obviously, like we were talking about in the Discord yesterday, Gas Gas would need a different tank. Uh, they cannot do a 30 minute moto on a OEM tank. So, I don't know. You, there would obviously be some things that we would have to work through. However, comma, I wouldn't mind something like that. I mean, what do you guys think that are listening? Uh, open, 125, production. What classes would you guys like to see? I'm, I'm 
just open for a class, dude. Like, I just want another class to race on Saturdays. Yeah, it is starting. It's starting to get a little stagnant. I will definitely say that. But as far as like the innovation stuff goes, really, what I always look for is what can we do to um, even the playing field as much as possible. Yeah, what we what we have now is between the the factory guys and just the independent riders that are showing up, they are not, I mean, they're showing up at the same gate, but they are not on the same track. They are in two completely, they might as well be two different classes. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're effectively running two classes at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is true. You got a, a lot of the factory guys and then the privateers and stuff like that. But a lot of the privateers are lucky where they can race like Thursday on the track and then race Saturday on the track. And then possibly if they're doing an amateur day on Sunday, they can still race that. Like they can, you know, where the factory guys, they can't just show up and race a money race wherever they want, you know. And I think that does give an advantage to the privateers, especially at like Washougal or Redbud or something like that, where they do have the amateur days just before the national. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it's, I think we were talking about it during the supercross season, man, we're, we're starting to see, uh, the sport has needed a little bit of evolution and that is we're heading that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not a moment too soon. We're, we're back at the eighties, you know, so we still have the full heyday of, of supercross and, uh, and outdoors to come. Uh, but if we can get them to combine both series for a national grand champion and really piss off the FIM, I am, 200 percent down <laughs> you know yeah, there's a lot of ways that you could do that oh yeah yeah i mean it, a lot of people already come to this country to race supercross and motocross anyway i uh, obviously look at the point standings in both classes we have guys from all over the world that are here uh that started out in the mxgp and still came here so i think if we just take that mindset and run with it, we could see some amazing things, you know? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a good percentage of the top 10 in both classes that fit into that scenario that you just laid out. Yeah. Why not? Let's, let's make it happen. But I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys, I'm going to jump off this and go back to listening. Um, I think this is a great test. I'm going to hit you guys up to figure out how, how you guys pulled it off. So uh, that I don't know if we could duplicate how we did it, man. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had so much feedback going from every speaker everywhere. I'm surprised I can still hear. It was hilarious watching us both test it with effectively only devices we were using. We were like, well, somebody should be yeah. able to make it work. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll run it uh, down. 
yeah see if you see if you guys can get some more uh any of the people listening in to jump on the discord and jump into it see if we can test it out a little bit more i'll just see if i can test it out on thursday too yeah sounds good man that's uh we'll we'll catch you later jesse thanks for calling in all right guys thanks for having me yep bye peace so with that is there anybody that wants to talk 450s with us if you're on the discord go ahead and jump in I know Michael's on there, but he said he was having some uh, internet issues. Um, the only thing that we ask is when you do call in, please mute the show in the background. Because, like, I know at least for me, I hear all of the audio through my monitor and my fancy headset, and it will absolutely destroy my brain. So <laughs> if you do call in, please just kind of uh, mute it in the background, and we can talk through Discord. Um, I've been trying to get old Brandon Carter to jump on the discord for a while. Um, but he has not done that yet. Um, if you do want to join in, just jump in. Um, let me see if I can show you here real quick, make this bigger, push all the buttons. Let me maximize it. Too many buttons, man. She said, ha. So if you look, you'll see live show waiting, just jump in there, uh, shoot, me or tiller like a private message uh and just say hey i'm in here i'm ready to go uh tiller's supposed to be monitoring the discord but we get a little heated with our discussions sometimes uh so just shoot us a message if it's been a little bit uh and we will try to try to get you in uh you said this is all new to us we're we're just messing with stuff the show is in evolution uh so anyway back to the 450s um I'm yeah still- so 450 now yeah um let me see bring up that page 450s that's uh so let's see 450s um let's just kind of run through real fast so um moto one another unexpected honda whole shot with uh sexton uh kind of the theme for him this weekend he got a whole shot and uh, they said he said uh, between he and his mechanic, they said they found out that he was um, his start issue was related to just him revving the shit out of the bike, and you know he uh, wasn't getting traction well. So they actually developed him a start map uh, this week. The old over rev, you got to watch that, out for those on the Yamaha yeah, too. That allowed him to. Uh, I think it was it was that he was he was revving too high, so they put a map on there so that he he would hit a early rev limiter and know that he was revving too high because, you know, they can't hear their bikes on the line. Long story short, yeah. they gave him a new starting map specifically for starting, which clearly works. He got two great starts, nailed the first one, um, go from there. Like I said earlier, this is another one where you could see uh, Anstey's bike right up front in the start um, and that whole mess of bikes coming around the corner. And that was exciting. Um, AP did not have that great of a start. He got caught up with Norin, I think, um after and Norton may or may not have had a little bit of an issue earlier in the week that kind of hurt himself but that Norton ended up not finishing first moto and didn't even start the second one if i remember correctly uh so ap didn't get a great start but he did a hell of a charge through there um frandis ended up ninth off the start um it wasn't so great sipes was in 10th place after lap one woohoo 
talk about the Grand National Champion right there. All right. Um, if there. only we could bring out Sipes Cross. Yeah, right? Yeah, for um, for Ryan Sipes to get 17th overall against guys that do nothing but train for motos. Dude, and he was heading to – he went right back to the trailer, changed, was heading to the airport to fly to Peoria so that he could race a TT – and then mm-hmm. go home for the week and then go to Italy for the ISDE. Yep. Sick man. He's my hero, dude. Like my He's... if I wish I could have his life. Oh, you know the best part in the this week uh, in the the post race reviews that Mathis does? It was hilarious. I knew you would laugh at this. He was interviewing Sipes and he was telling us like, Yeah, Sipes, you were my fantasy team. And you know, I threw in like another question with it and Sipes was like, Well, first off. I don't care about your damn points. And then went off and like just casually kept going with the conversation. <laughs> and then Mathis brought it up again later. And he was like, and secondly, as I said earlier, I don't care about your damn points. And then just like, and just casually like super, he wasn't like rude and all the rest of it. He just like threw in, he's like, I don't care about your damn points. And there's just talk about, you know, talking about the race and they were all like happy. And it was, just, it was funny. I knew you'd laugh at that one. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So he did that. Uh, Craig, it was kind of, I don't think they showed it during qualifying when I was watching it, but he was running behind a little bit. He had another crazy ass get off like he did in uh, Southwick, except for this one was crazier. It was kind of funny. You could see it. Um, they were coming around the corner. He went up against the, it looked like he went up against the berm as uh, they come out of the woods, take the sharp left corner, going across like that kind of whoopish section. But he went off um, to the edge of the track something the bike went crazy and he went flying off but as he was like flying off the bike and flying through there you could see the guy behind him not even close un- completely unrelated there's a privateer guy coming around the corner like it looks like he wrecked because he just watched craig wreck it was it was hilarious to watch in the um in the in the broadcast when they did it but yeah he he was <laughs> and uh, i can just imagine weege and langston man i i missed that that part of it yeah. But it's, well, the I, funny I, part I, is, like, they didn't even say anything about it, like, at the time. It, you, you just, it's like, saw them talking about Craig, but then all of a sudden in the background, you see a guy just, like, completely weeding himself at the same time, unrelated. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, so Craig, you know, weeding himself, you know, riding after that, and he ended up with an 8-8 for 8th uh, overall in the weekend. That was pretty good. Um, he's good on a 450 outdoors, though, man. He... He's a ninja, dude. Like, you don't really expect it. And then all of a sudden, you're like, who is that next to me? What? It's 29. Like, who is that? After he got <laughs> his know? shit together and he said, I'm tired of getting tense this season, he's done nothing but really perform. And it's been amazing. Um, oh, yeah. There was actually uh, so the story of the top part of the class for basically for both motos is Ferrandis. Sexton, Tomac, believe it or not, Marv, Webb, um, and Barsha, if I didn't say it already. Kenny kind of started up front, both of them, faded back on both of them. He, he later said on his social media himself, he said he's just been, he's suffering with some sickness and he's not doing well. Um, read into that what you want about his long-term endurance fitness, but now he's got two weekends and three weeks off. Let's hope it, that he can, you know, get it together through these last five to be a challenge for Ferrandez, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Webb had a great start. There was a, there was a part where uh, Marvin and Webb were running 
uh, neck and neck with each other in fourth, fifth. Um, but Tomac was just on rails the whole time, man. Um, catching up, passing guys, making moves. He finished the weekend with a 2-2. Um, and his starts were 8-7. Just on rails the whole time. Um, couldn't catch couldn't catch Chase on the first one, and there's no way we thought he was going to catch Dylan on the second moto, but it, it came close. Um, it came really close. Actually, uh, his right when he was catching up to Frandis on the second moto, so after settling on the fifth lap, Tomac's running 214s, four laps, diving to 215s. Same with Frandis, diving into 215s. Um, Frandis's fastest lap was actually lap 10 with a 214 and a half. Tomac still doing 215, 215, 215s. And then he's slowly catching Frandis at this point because Frandis is running the lap traffic, slowing down a little bit. Right when he's on him, Tomac just drops a 213 and a half out of nowhere. Fastest lap of the race of anybody by far. And just they're right there on it. And he could, he was on him all the way to the finish line. And then he saw right there at the whoops that he just wasn't going to be able to catch him. But Tomac had this sick line where he was kind of mostly blitzing through the whoops, but he would rail, just go really fast into the finish line jump. And then on the downside of the finish line jump, there was kind of a little roller in the hill. And so most guys were landing kind of before it or kind of on it. But Tomac, the way he was flying over that last jump, just launched and landed on the backside of it. And it was just just enough of a little time. He was making up a lot of time there. And it was actually insane because he didn't see anybody else doing it the rest of the time. Um, but he said it was kind of awesome hearing Eli after the race, man. He was happy and he was excited. And it was funny because he was talking about he was just like he just found some lines there that he didn't see earlier in the race. Where basically it made it sound like he was just ping-ponging back and forth between some of those berms and some of the 180s and the tighter corners, like the switchbacks. Yeah. And he literally said he was just bouncing from berm to berm, just going through, just hauling ass. Sometimes um, that's what you got to do, though. And Yeah, and that's what he was doing. It was He was killing it, man. Like I said, he was putting in fast times, um, a bowl faster than everybody around him, just passing guys, killing it. Um, and Barsha didn't have the greatest starts, um, but he just didn't have – something but i mean he still ended up with fourth overall in the week or no wait not no i was looking wrong sheet he ended up fifth overall on the weekend uh his second start wasn't that great it made him hard he could only get up to seventh and that's what i was saying earlier that i think a lot of this track is there's just not a lot of really great passing opportunities so it takes longer it takes like an extra lap to pass somebody when you're running um you know 15 16 laps one extra lap to pass somebody because you got to wait for the perfect time to do it just makes it harder to make up ground. And I think some of these guys were, could have been moving faster. It just made it hard to pass. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, Marv put in a hell of a good qualifying session, came out, did great. He did it at a three, five Webb actually got it together. He got a whole shot in the second moto. He's been great getting starts the past weekend, but he actually held it together and was riding up front with guys. Um, maybe that was because he it was harder for him to get past and he was riding a wide bike. But either way, he still finished the races um, faster, you know, or better than he was. Um, but back to Barsha, you know, he was doing good, riding good, making that LE gear out there looking looking sick. It was there were plenty of times um, 
on the the last big jump before the 180 before they go back into the woods before the finish line there was a, a couple shots there where they got a bunch of cool guys but they're just floating through the air and i still remember barsha just flying through there you know always looking good sideways on the bike um looking good there was actually i also laughed at this gl made a comment one time when they were had the barsha just talking about the way he's riding he literally said i wonder if he has to run a bigger gas tank and i laughed because i was like yes yes he does he, he runs an enduro tank. tank, man. Yeah, we figured that out. Yes, he does have to run a bigger gas tank. Not necessarily because he's Barsha, but funny enough, he does have to run a bigger gas tank on that bike. Oh, um, yeah. I think the 450 motos, not as exciting as Dylan and Barsha um, at Millville. These were still, the first one was still exciting to watch. Uh, the second one, same thing. Um, Huge gaggle of Yamahas out front. Looked like they were going to get, you know, Hondas right behind them. But then all of a sudden, Webb, actually, when you watched the start, you didn't even see Webb there. All of a, just, all of a sudden, off just, the whole shot. Man, he was just the there. Just, yeah, just snuck in out of nowhere with the whole shot. Um, AP got a much better start. Um, and then you could see him. He actually, there was one spot where he just railed the outside of one of the corners to get around Webb because they sw- kind of swallowed back up around Webb after he got the whole shot. Um, and then that one was just a matter of Tomac flying through the pack. It was insane. It was worth it to watch just to see Tomac just keep going and charging and charging. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. um, and then, you know, at the end of it, Chase comes out with the overall by one point because um, of the way the point system works. Um, he was super excited on the podium, man. That was exciting to see him uh, get that because he was, A, he was excited about his whole shot after the first moto, and then to see him so so excited and the fans super happy for him. That's oh, the, yeah. just the great thing, again, about seeing um, seeing the fans back is seeing them, you know, the guys on the podium get to be so excited about the fans. I think they said this was the biggest outdoor attendance they've ever had on record at Washougal. Um it's because everybody knew Sean was going to be there, too. Oh, fuck yeah. Their bro taco man was going to be there. They wanted to go see that him and those pit vipers. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and then uh, Dylan was actually kind of cool on the podium, too, for the the overall. He he, he outright paid some respect to talking about how cool it was. Uh, or I don't know, maybe he didn't say how cool it was, but he paid some respect to Tomac, you know, talking about him as a competitor um, and, you know, having to charge hard because of him and knowing that he was there talking about how great it was racing beside him. I thought that was kind of a cool for him to throw that out there and, you know, really give him some credit on the stage like that as a yeah. competitor. That's uh, the one thing that was killing me just today perusing through the, the forums was uh, everyone bitching that Sexton was intentionally blocking Tomac. And I'm like, you guys realize it's a race, right? Yeah, I can't. I can't stand that shit. Like it, everybody's out there racing for the same. Yeah, same thing. It's not like oh, a yeah. guy's three laps down, you know, going for it. No. Actually, that was a thing on the in the first two fifty moto after Joe went down. There was a couple guys talking about how you know they would catch up to Joe because they technically lapped him. Uh, yeah, know, the leaders. But then he led him around him. But then you could tell he was like. You know, I'm letting you guys around because I know you're in, but I'm still gonna race the shit out of you. Yeah, because, we're gonna you know, push that's each what other. It is. Yeah, that's you yeah. know that's a scenario. But yeah, if you're on the same lap and you're all in the top twenty, 
Oh, man, you got to earn it. That's that's they, we're all out here at the same time. Until they tell me you and I are oh, not yeah. on the same racetrack, you got to get around me. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll always that's, stand by in that. A position's a position, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's uh, like, I, and the same thing for Chase. Like, it's it's his overall. If he would like, you know, he's got to defend that shit. You know, oh, if, if he, he would have let he, Tomac if he buy, then. Uh, yeah, if he if he. Uh, cause he knew if he let Tomac by, there was a chance he could catch Ferrandis. And if Tomac would have caught Ferrandis, uh, the overall would have been different. Plus oh, Tomac would have been overall. Yeah. Yeah. They're still racing for a position, not just the overall, but just in that moto. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was second and third position. position. Yeah. Like get out of here. Freaking yeah. by tarts. So we got, the. Chase with the overall with a 1 3, 45 points for the weekend. Tomac second overall with a 2 2, which is exciting for him. And like I said, just to see him so excited about it was really cool because normally he's pretty robotic. Yeah. Um, Dylan Frandis with a third overall with a 5 1. Uh, Marv your, with your a 3 boy five. breaking the top five, man. Yeah. And then Justin Barsha with a fifth uh, with a 4 7. Uh, Cooper Webb right behind them, and poor AP just a victim of that uh, first moto pileup. He could have done yeah. a little bit better. He went four four in the second one, you know, quietly because of what else was going on around him. But uh, you know, he made Tomac work for it when he had to get around him too. He, him, and Tomac always race each other hard. I've noticed that. Uh, well, not always, but this whole twenty twenty one season from the first race at supercross until now whenever they get around each other man they both push mm-hmm. and that's yeah. tomac has them off of fitness you know but aaron can't push as long and as hard as tomac can that's just <laughs> that's just i mean it is what it is you know i mean you can see it aaron's even said it he's like i yeah he's in better shape than i am mm-hmm. yeah it's just the nature of how it works um yeah, it was it was a great racing. You know, we still got Brandon Hartreff still pulling off great top fifteen finishes with a thirteen overall. Um is to where a thirteen fifteen. That's pretty exciting. Um Bogle's still killing it out there. Cody Shock's back now that his uh, chains aren't breaking. Um huh. Ben LeMay's, you know, coming out there and killing it on top. You know, after you know, kind of not, he's not racing that many of them this season. Uh, Anstey's up there. Dean's still, the fact that Dean's still up there with what he's going through is amazing. Um, oh, yeah. That's great. Summer Rod Bell, he's doing okay. 25th, he didn't score any points this weekend, but he's still killing it. Uh, Carson Brown, somebody owes me five bucks. I bet somebody five bucks that Carson Brown wouldn't or would score points this weekend on the 252 stroke, and he did. He did. He didn't fit. He didn't uh, come out for the second moto, but he got twenty. Yeah, I was gonna. Ask he got eighteenth in the eighteenth in the first one. I do not know why he didn't come out, but I bet we can find out real fast. I bet we can find out. Carson Brown. Oh no! Looks like just a bunch of pit bike footage. Never mind. No updates from the weekend. Bike footage. It'll come out because that's a that's a great finish for him to not. I know where it is. The second one. 
after giving my shoulder beating in Moto 1, I wasn't going to be able to ride and hang on in the second Moto. Yeah, because uh-huh. he hurt his shoulder the week before, and so it was kind of iffy that he was going to be able to do that much. So, yeah, I think he just <laughs> riding the piss out of that 252 stroke probably was, you know. And that's the danger, you know, or not the danger, but, you know, for fantasy or whatever. But that's the nature of those guys that aren't racing for championship points. They don't need to go out and race Moto 2. They don't. They don't have oh, to yeah. come out, race Moto 1, and let somebody Especially else race Moto 2. Because he probably raced at PIR earlier that On week. On Thursday year. night. Yeah. That was a big money race. I think it was like 5000 to win the pro. Oh, really? The pro they class. They had a lot of guys there. Oh, yeah. Dude, 5000 to win is huge. That's I know guys from around here that drove all the way out there to race in that. It's, yeah, that's a, it's a killer one. Uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, that's about, that's about it for the the 450s, which leaves us with championship standings of Dylan Friend is 303. Kenny's at 256. Tomac's at 249. Barsh is at 239. Sexton is in fifth with 238. And AP is right there at 217 behind him. So the top five could get interesting. The top three is still up for grabs. Um. But it's looking like Dylan might have this. He's uh, if he stays consistent, it's going to be hard for somebody to make up a whole race weekend on him. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I just uh, he he'd, he'd have to have some string of bad luck multiple weekends. We got five rounds left. Um, he'd have to have a string of bad weekends. And one person would have to be able to capitalize on it. And that's the fun thing about this class right now is outside of Dylan. But even then, it's it's toss-ups. You know, you got Barsha doing great. You got Tomac doing consistently pretty good. You got AP, you know, up there fighting with them sometimes. You got Mars stealing points now. It's it's oh, going to yeah. be hard for one guy to be like, no, you know, Dylan's going to get fourth every time and I'm going to go win the rest of them. That's hard. Yeah, that's especially because it is Ferrandez, man. That he's, I mean, say what you want about him, but that dude can ride a dirt bike. I, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you like him or not. That dude will outride anybody. And he's yeah. proving that, <laughs> you know, that's you uh kill it. I don't know. What else do we got to talk about, man? It doesn't look like anybody else wants to call in. So. Um, let me think. Uh, I'll try to think of all the side stuff we can save for one of the shows in the next three weeks between now and the next race. We're going to have three more shows before the next race, or three opportunities for shows. We might take an off day on one of those. Yeah. So Doug can watch his dirty race quad. (laughs) Ha. It didn't get too dirty this weekend. I I did kind of uh I broke it. So let's see, what do we have coming up? So we just ran snowshoe. We got the Loretta Lens GNCC, which is e mountain bikes only. Uh September eleventh and twelfth in Beckley, West Virginia. We have the Mountaineer at Summit Betchel Reserve. It's uh that is a rough race. It's uh a lot like snowshoe, all rocks. It's it's rough. Um, 
was that September? Yeah, they take August off. So I don't know. Got some local races coming up. Uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. I would have to look at my little Excel spreadsheet, but it's uh, I know for a fact that hell, I'll probably stream it in the Discord. If you're not already on Discord, jump on the Discord because uh, Loretta Lens is coming it. up August second through the seventh, um, and I watch those religiously uh those and many o's every year let's see in ohio we have on the 7th of august we have the whiskey river race for indiana cross country in milton uh kentucky the 14th we have the ohio cross country series racing the death valley race at south salem ohio uh the 24th First is the XCCR, the Extreme Cross Country Racing at East Fork MX, which is the one that Aaron Plessinger's dad does. That's in New Vienna. Is that one you and went that, to last year? Uh, that's the one I went to on the 17th. I had the Ohio Cross Country Race there on the 17th. I was thinking of, there was one last year you went to with AP's dad. That he ran. Is that the one you're talking about? You said the one he does every year. Yeah, same track. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one was a team race. That's the fun part about doing like the cross country races around here. Is at the end of the year, there's like two or three team races where you like team up with somebody else and you each do two laps and high five, and then the other guy goes out and you race. I think last year it was like three hours. Man, it was a long race, but. You get to take a break after two laps and you just hope that your buddy doesn't get stuck or wrecked or mess up the spot too much. I think I'll probably try to do the Ohio and the extreme with my brother this year, which will be his first time ever racing a quad. I mean, he's ridden my quad, not very much at all. Um, so hopefully I have enough GoPro batteries. Uh, cause I will try to, try to record this but and it is that one of them is typically at east fork mx and they have some pretty big jumps that they send all of us cross-country guys like the jumps that they won't even let the c-class guys jump on moto days they're like ah go have fun on your quads I'm like fuck these like straight up like two stories i'm like just go uh, for it man just go for it eh, i still got a bum wrist man it's not the jumping part it's the landing it, I'm not built for it. I'm like 195 pounds on a 400 pound machine or something like that, dude. Like, I fall out of the sky like a fucking rock. <laughs> I am not a bird. Yeah, I got no bird bones. Yeah, but so it's uh, we'll see how that goes. I might do that, but pay attention in the Discord the second through the seventh, even uh during the day. I'll uh typically what happens is I end up modding uh being a chat mod for the live streams from Racer TV but I will for sure throw it up in the Discord just to share it with everybody and then we can sit around and bullshit. Uh I will probably be at work um but I will I'll do my best. I have some online classes that I have to take 
right in the middle of this from like the third to the sixth or something like that. So hopefully I can just mute it on there and watch Moto all day and I will be happy. That's the way to do it. Oh yeah, 100%. But other than that, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, August is usually when everybody's kind of taking a break. So Here we got two, two weekends off, three full weeks off in August with the next race back being August 14th. And then it's the last five rounds in a row. Started with Unadilla, Bud's Creek, Iron Man. August 28th. Fox still coming up. I am unsure of the exact plans yet. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm desperately, desperately trying to figure what it is, out. What is there to figure out, man? Just throw your sleeping bag on the back of the GS, fill it up with gas, and start riding. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> I'm ideally, my plan is ideally to take that Friday and the following Monday off. So like the ride back home isn't, doesn't is gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. The ride up, whatever, just get up in the morning, suck it up, go set up tent, you know, can't wake yeah. up race day. The the Sunday, the Sunday, Monday thing would be, would be better trying to go back, back into work and do my job after that weekend. Everybody would be like, Oh yeah. What, what you oh, that's... oh yeah. Hopefully up. the weather holds off, man. That would be also the the part that I'm kind of. I, I need to make it make sure there's a proper contingency plan in case it's a a downpour. Because I don't want to yeah. set, set up an entire plan for camping and then all of a sudden I get up there and it's a month. Well, if, if you have to, you can keep your bike in my garage. We got plenty of nice hotels around here with good food. Ooh. So and then yeah, and then. We can just ride over there together. So that wouldn't be a bad idea. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. But yeah, after Iron Man, we got Fox Raceway Paul in the last round. We're going back to Hangtown, man. Yay. <laughs> I hate the Cali tracks, man. Yeah, they're not that exciting, are they? It's I'm like, not looking forward to watching Fox Raceway again. Uh, There's like two parts of that track that are exciting, and then that's it. What? the entry and the exit of the track we're like yeah moto and then you're like and then you're like yeah we get to leave (laughs) yeah if you're actually going there um yeah i don't i don't know i I don't even know if i'd want to go watch that race in person it doesn't look like it's a great viewing racetrack it's like all flat with a bunch of bulldozed hills man like yeah and even in the one big hill you can only really see from one spot kind yeah. of what's going on. And then if you're there, you can't see the rest of the track. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess Iron Man and Red Butt are kind of the same way too. You kind of pick your poison. Do you want to watch all the technical turns and like rollers and stuff like that? Or do you want to watch them completely fucking send it? I still don't you think know? they're, they don't look like they're anywhere near as bad as Apollo though. I could see I your know. point where it's like, there's definitely parts where you can't see it, you know, like at Iron Man. Yeah. You're kind of like you can see the the rollers leading up to Godzilla in that kind of area, or you can see that other side of the track where they go underneath the bridge and then do yeah. the the one to the finish line. Uh, yeah. you know, you can see one of those two, and you that's about either it. get to see him jump Godzilla up and down and the tunnel jump, or you get to see him battle through the rollers in the tight one eighties. Yeah. That's 
I mean, there is no real in between. Um, Red Bud is you either get to see him hit LaRocco's leap and that big tabletop where Dino decided to eject Ocito, mm-hmm. or you get to watch the whole rest of the track. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there's not really, and like Paula, Glen Helen, Hangtown, all that. Like to me, the best track to watch is probably High Point um, up there in PA because you can just chill at one of the top of the hills and see quite a lot of the track because it's basically a pasture it's not like iron man where you have all the trees or red bud where they made all the spectator area the center of the track so if you're Mm -hmm. on the outside of the track you can't see anything um i don't know you is probably pretty decent to see like a fair half of it right yeah the way it goes on the on that hill yeah millville is not bad either like I i would definitely go back and watch that one too uh, yeah, but, you can see a good bit of it. It's hard to really see who's who, but you can yeah. see stuff. You can see a lot of the track from most of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, Southwick. Yeah, because it's all right there on top of each other. It just yeah, it just overlaps. So of it. Yeah, it's like a mountain bike track with really big jumps, dude. It's not spread out too far. It's just <laughs> yeah. wound in one spot. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I mean, I don't have a lot to add, man. I got to go uh, go get my kiddos because they hate me on Mondays because we don't get to ride bikes, but it'll be all we'll right. Get oh, yeah. We'll talk uh, We'll talk Supercross schedule next time we're on. No, not until after Moto. I, I refuse to talk anything about that until after Moto is done. Dude, we we got to get everybody hyped up, man. You just actually yeah. just made me sad because I was thinking, I was like, oh, that means it's right around the corner, but then I just – no, we still I was have blindly time. excited about oh, that, oh, it's only a few months away. And, no, no, we still got five, st- five months before it even starts. Ten motos left, ten motos left, and then we can talk supercross. But don't you, don't you fuck with the sanctity of supercross, bringing in that supercross stuff. There is no grand, <laughs> there is no grand champion yet. So, I mean, we can we can make up our own, we can make up <laughs> right? Our own. But uh. Other than that, guys, uh, thanks for dealing with our our little technical innovation of stacking stuff on top of each other. And uh, <laughs> Jesse's making fun of me. Uh, it's I, I'm a moto guy. I can't help it. It's uh, I feel like you're either one or the other. You tolerate both, but you are secretly one or the other. Um, but it is that's what uh, they survey made you sound like, right? It's either oh no, they're all the same thing, or no, they're not even the same sport. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's the same sport with two different disciplines. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, Feld. And then you try to disguise it like your MX sports. Get out of here. To, I'd love to see the presentation of that data after they get all the answers back. Um, I, yeah, do you, uh, dude, I wonder if they'll make with, that. with oh, it'd be nice if they made it public. That'd be sweet. Yeah, let's uh, um, let's run down Justin this Cooper? real quick. Yeah, the Justin Cooper accident. Yeah, bring it up, man. I got it up. Let's see if we can make it. I need your screen. Oh, did I not? Oh, no, I'm not loading. I'm not loading. Where's this that button? Oh, I didn't know this stuff. There we go. All right. Let me turn the chat off real quick. So we're going to show you guys the, uh, the Justin Cooper wreck real quick, uh, just in case you haven't seen it. Uh, we're doing it through Insta. Hopefully the quality is pretty decent. Uh, 
This is on his page, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. Somebody else recorded it, but he shared it on his. Uh, just yeah, one guy comes through, and here he is, right there. You can see him. He's just coming up, coming up, and all of a sudden, just bloop, Nailed out of it. nowhere. And then, as uh, GL said, it's like a a deer ran out of um, ran out of nowhere, and there's been some pretty funny oh, photoshops okay. of. Justin Cooper with a, a deer on the track. Actually, th- when I first heard about it, before I even watched the race, I was kind of wondering if there was some truth to maybe like there was actually a deer there <laughs> on the track. Oh yeah, because there were so many jokes about it. I was like, okay, maybe 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 it, this it is actually going to be like hilarious. It. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. Uh, and then when I finally watched it, there was just, there actually was nothing, and just that's why it was so funny because he it looked like he got hit by a deer, and he, he did not. He was just swapping <laughs> going up the hill. Let's uh. Let's do these uh, awards real quick, dude. You ready? Oh, yeah. Sunstar Drive of the Race. These same guys as last week. We had Plessinger with plus 22 on the day and Joe Shimoda with plus 24. <laughs> so neither one of them had quite the same amount of passes as they did last week, but they were still the top two, or the respectively the top guy in their class for passing everybody. The Bro Taco sauced it. I'm picking J-Mart because that dude is coming out of his injury like a boss. What about you? I think my uh, the sauce moment is definitely Jacob. Yeah. He clearly yeah. sauced it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he put all the sauce on it. It got yeah. a little hot coming over that. He, he wasn't ready. Yeah, he put – Sean snuck up, put some of that brand-new Radberry in the gas tank. And he was on the back of that hill, and he just like, <laughs> straight in. <laughs> Other than that, guys, we're going to run down the sponsors real quick. Uh, we got Bro Taco Hot Sauce back there. Sean adding the old the old heat to Jacob's bike. BroTacoFoods.com. Use code PTTG for 20% off. Uh, we also got Sunstar Sprockets and Chains, Sunstar-Breaking.com. Use code PTTG30 during checkout to get 30% off your order. Oh, and Wait, Jesse what? says, what is power this? to the ground, power the number two, the ground.com. New website, August 1st, because Jesse likes to touch stuff, and I totally condone oh. it. Yeah. He so new website. It. With the Radberry, August 1st. Yeah, Radberry oh, dropped on August oh, 1st. Oh, Taco getting a new website. I have no idea. I'm superbly confused. Oh, yeah, Bro Taco's getting a new website. We basically get a new website every week, though. So Yeah, he gets that. bored on his lunch break and just starts hitting ones and zeros and stuff like that. And then, uh, Also, please don't forget, this podcast is powered by Nova Pro Media. That is novapro.media. Uh, building out our website, apparently working on the bro taco website as well. Uh, he's the one that gets us all set up to push all the buttons without getting seriously hurt and have the cool new call in feature now. So if you do have any questions about anything, stop over at Nova pro dot media and get yourself squared away until next time, folks, we will catch you later. And hopefully we get some call-ins that don't actually work for the show. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we'll get it all sorted out now that you guys saw how it all works and all stuff like that. 
we look forward to hearing from you guys, not just in chat, but also in the Discord, which if you are not part of our Discord, stop over at power2theground.com, get you the link, or Facebook? hit us up Yep, on Facebook, Power to the Ground Podcast. Other than that, we will catch you all later. Peace. Peace.